What's going on, guys? Welcome here to the Survivor Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Mims, and joined with me here, as always, a guy who is no stranger to awkward conversations, Dustin King. How's it going? What does that mean? (laughs) What what awkward conversations are you talking about right now? I'm talking about this one right here. (laughs) Uh, Well, yes, I... I embrace the awkward as much as I can. Okay. So this isn't I, this isn't the worst awkward conversation I've ever had before. So this it could have been a lot worse. Good. <laughs> I was just about to say I was like I hope we don't this whole thing's not just an awkward conversation. At least it can't be as bad as uh, Nick and Parvati for sure. <laughs> hey dog, the dude. I don't know why he even said that, to be honest. There's no reason to share that information with anybody. It's just going to make you look weird to poverty, probably. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't want to presume to know anything about poverty, but she doesn't seem like the type to, uh, be into guys who look like Nick. So, um, if you, yeah, and so she seems like the kind that, and if a guy like Nick tells her something like that, she's going to be like, eh. So we have, we have a swap episode here. We finally start to mix things up and shake things up and we get to see new people interacting with each other. This is the episode where, sadly, uh, Dustin, your, your, your man, your, your father figure, your, you know, your favorite Survivor player, <laughs> Boston Robbie, finally goes home. All right. First off, he's not, he didn't go home. All right. None of them have gone home. They're all on the edge of extinction right now. <clears throat> they have yet to be extinguished completely. They are here. He is here. He can do it. He can come back. Okay. Get it right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, let's talk about oh, this. Because, um, from what I've seen here, was there anything, did, was Boston Rob, would you consider him to say he got swap screwed? Did he just get swap screwed? Was there anything that Boston Rob could have done any different to save himself in this episode? Okay, so nothing against Boston Rob. <clears throat> Obviously, I I like him a lot. Um, I, it's probably because I see a little bit of myself in him. And, you know, some of those things are things that I need to change. And one of those things is the guy, like, he knows what he's doing, definitely. But he comes off just a wee bit too arrogant about it. uh, And a wee bit too controlling with it all. So, if he would have, I don't know, like, humbled himself a little bit to uh, Sarah and Sophie... I think that he could have at least made a better effort or not a had a better chance, I guess, uh, of not getting voted out last night. Would that have worked? I don't know. I don't know 100% whether or not that would have, you know, helped him stay in, but could have humbled himself a little bit more. Sandra, or not Sandra, uh, Sophie and Sarah, would that have helped him 100% I don't know uh, but it definitely would have I think worked a heck of a lot better than the this other 
strategy that he decided to take where he like forced Adam and Ben into like sh- meeting at the well and shaking his hand and yeah, like, yeah, we're not going to vote anybody off and all that or nobody from this these three off. And I, nobody likes to be bossed around like that and especially not with this group of people, people who have won the game and who, you know, to a point do know what they're doing. So I think he definitely shot himself in the foot more than he helped himself. Yeah, I don't know exactly what else that Boston Rob could do here. I felt like he knew that he was dead in the water. When he couldn't find an idol, he knew that he was going to end up having to resort to some pretty extreme measures here. But we have seen him use this buddy system before. This, um, I guess, a system of accountability where he has a way of always verifying that, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to turn on me because I'm not going to give you a chance to be able to talk or strategize with anybody else. For me, it, it was a miracle that Boston Rob actually survived this far in the game. You know, he played one heck of a game so far, and it's surprising that he even made it this far for him to last this long and to be voted out and go to the edge of extinction. I just, I feel like, I don't know if there's anything. He was just too big of a target. I think he knew that. And so I I knew, I think that the only way that he knew that he could move forward, if if he went to the extremes of, we have to stay, see, lay strong. We have to, let me, let me take Ben and Adam to the well. Let's talk. Let's agree to stay at camp. Let's, you can't go off. You can't strategize with Sophie or Sarah. Let's just lock it down. So that way, th- he's not really giving them an opportunity to be able to backstab him. But it didn't work out for him. It actually even probably worked against him because, yeah, people were aggravated. Ben, Adam, they were both aggravated that they couldn't move away from camp, that they couldn't strategize. They were they couldn't play the game that like like they wanted to play and they felt stifled by Boston Rob and his buddy system. They finally, they finally voted him out. So I don't, I don't, again, like you were saying, you think that was the only way that he could took played, played that. I don't, like I said before, I disagree. I think he could have possibly had a better chance at building a relationship with the two girls or mending the relationship that he had with Ben or Adam. I don't didn't really see that happening with Adam, but possibly Ben. Um, they seem kind of broish. I feel like they probably could have. He probably could have made that happen. Uh, but no, he. I think he. In the end, I mean, I don't want to say this definitively or anything, but it seemed to me he let his pride get in the way and a very controlling attitude get in the way, and I think that is what hurt him i think because i agree 100 percent. up to this point rob should already been gone very first or second time that you get him at tribal council and he has no numbers to work with you get him out but as the season has proven thus far before this episode people people were willing for whatever reason to not vote him out which i think is dumb but they were willing to so i think if he again if he would just step back for a minute and been been able to play the humble guy he possibly could still be in the game or competing 
in the game, not on the edge of extinction. I think with anybody else playing the humble guy, trying to build connections with Sarah and Sophie would be the best way to go. But I felt like he knew even if I tried that, I'm going to get nowhere with Sarah or Sophie. I've already burned bridges with Ben and Adam. I think he knew that the only way that he was going to be able to move forward was to kind of basically force his way forward, force Adam and Ben to kind of stick around camp. And that was so strange. You you never really see this that much on Survivor. I'm used to watching Survivor where they're running off here, they're running off in little groups there, and you have all these different groups strategizing and talking. And it was so awkward watching them just sitting around camp they're talking about oreos and deep fried twinkies and boston rob's over there very creepily sharpening his machete and hey adam feel how sharp this machete is it was almost hey feel how sharp this machete is because if you backstab me tonight i'm gonna chop you up or something and (laughs) it was it was just so weird you know yeah it definitely was not the most entertaining (laughs) A little segment of Survivor I've ever seen. It kind of like speaks, I feel like, to they build these relationships within the game, but it's all centered around Survivor. But so once you take Survivor out of their relationships, it's like, hmm, what what are they going to act like now? And apparently they act really awkward around each other. (laughs) Yeah, I have a quick question for you. Um, Are you a dunker? Am I a what? <laughs> a dunker, do you? <laughs> That's what Ben was asking. He's like, are you a dunker? You dunk the Oreos into the milk? Uh, am I a dunker? Uh, I am a soggy dunker. <laughs> dunker? Dumper? Okay. Soggy dunker. I will hold it there until the cookie is about to fall apart. And... If there's, there's literally no other way to eat an Oreo if you have milk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. I do. I do like doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Awkward conversation number two. (laughs) I just had that. I had to ask. And it continues. Um, So (laughs) we see that Rob bequeaths his two fire tokens, the one that he got from entering the game and the one that he got bequeathed from amber he bequeaths them to parvati so um now she has four tokens now she's tied with natalie for the person who has the most fire tokens i don't know like i feel like that was out of spite rob you could tell rob didn't want to give them to anybody right he was like i should still be in this game even though he shouldn't he should have been out way sooner but you know we're not i'm done talking about that he's gone now poverty and Sandra need to go. There's there's opportunity next week. There's two tribal councils. It needs to happen. Anyways, um, yeah, he didn't seem like he wanted to give it to her at all. Or it was like he was angry. He was like, fine here, you know, give him, you know, go as far as you can. Poverty. I don't know. I think he's very angry i know i've said that before but i think he's very angry at everybody else that's playing the game and also also i didn't realize that rob was just so was that bad at looking for idols yeah that was kind of weird because i mean for some reason in my mind i thought he was better at them but then when he was 
Oh, yeah, when I found him, I had clues to him. And it was, oh, yeah, that's right. He did have several clues before he uh, found the idol. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird, too, that he was just kind of watching everybody else while they were searching for the idol. Yeah, and, okay, so this is kind of a realization that I came to about Rob. Still, still like him. Still probably my favorite player. But... All the little packages that that Survivor has made about him that he's been in, you know, they just play the highlights all the time and all that. They've end up, ended up kind of romanticizing uh, Rob and making making him a little bit bigger than I think what he actually is. I mean, don't get me wrong, he definitely plays a good game. You know, with the idol thing, it, he isn't near as good as... All the little packages would have you to believe the the little promos and stuff like have him almost as like a survivor god or something. But in reality, you know, watching him play and watching him struggle and stuff is like, oh yeah, this he's not near as good as you you know as you think. Or I don't know it. So, I don't know what I'm really trying to say here. <laughs> Again, that's not to say, again, I'm not saying that he's a bad player by any means, but it, all of that combined has really, I think, ended up doing, doing him a big disservice again, right? Because going into the season, it was because of all these things and, you know, how hyped up that Rob has talked and stuff that I, I was, yeah, Rob needs to go first thing. But after the last episode, Rob as a person, I kind of, they brought him back down to earth for me a little bit. And I was like, oh, he might not be as good as I thought he was or as uh, dominant as I thought he would be if he got further into the game. With that, I feel like Boston Rob, for me, the whole Boston Rob image, it, it's not that, I feel like it's because this season is all winner's tribe. If you put Boston Rob on a season with any newbies or anything he's gonna dominate just like he did with redemption redemption island he took it and he ran with it but yeah it's because he had built this huge reputation he's boston rob he's considered probably the best survivor player to ever play the game or, or at least ranked up there at least top one two or three he's in the top three for sure that reputation that he that huge legend status that he comes in he had that statue built for him on the island of the idols when you come into a game like that you're just you're not going to be able to go far and i think all that was working against him i feel like his strategy that he played here i think in any other kind of season with newbies or people who really didn't know boston rob that well i think that it would have worked and that he probably would have ran through that game just like he did in redemption island when he was with a bunch of newbie people but um going back to what you said with him being voted out i just don't think that i don't think boston rob was mad i feel like boston rob he knows this game good enough i think that you know game respects game i feel like he's okay you know what they finally got me. Good for them. Now it's time to go to the edge of extinction and do what I have to do there to get back into the game so then I can continue and take home the win. And I feel like as soon as Boston Rob got voted out, I was like, 
I know what he's going to do. He's going to bequeath this coins to poverty because poverty is his closest ally. And so that's the reason why he bequeathed the coins to her because he wanted poverty to be able to have plenty of tokens to be able to, you know, uh, go further into the game because he wants to be able to have people who he can trust if he comes back to comes back into the game. And also he probably doesn't want to compete against poverty in at edge of extinction either to try to get back into the game like all that makes sense sure i just i guess you can't like go in go in with the mindset that you're not going to get back into the game whenever you're handing these coins or bequeathing these coins to people and again like just from watching this episode and honestly just through this season i don't know that i think rob gets back in i don't think I feel like maybe his age is finally catching up with him, but as many times as he's, you know, took on the puzzles and failed this season, and I mean, maybe he's he's got a little bit of physicality going for him, but versus Tyson or Natalie or somebody, you know, someone, people like them, I don't know, man. So again, like just going back to this, like Boston Rob glasses have finally come off and I'm like seeing him for... The person, you know, the person Boston robbed for like the first time. Going back to what you said about the the puzzle, like why uh, in the challenge, why didn't he try to do the puzzle? Because I felt like he would have done better than Adam at the puzzle. As bad as he's been at the puzzle, I mean, he's got what? There was the one one puzzle that he didn't mess up on. That was the one with uh, Nick. I know they had they had won immunity twice on Saley. I don't remember if the very first time they won it, there was a puzzle involved. I think that's probably why he's like, okay, I've been doing terrible at this. Let me step back and let somebody else do it. Probably and honestly, probably in hopes that that would make him look less worthy of being voted off or something like that if he wasn't the one that failed. So those those would be my guesses. Or maybe he was just tired. I don't know. All right, so let's let's get into some of these swap tribes here. So we started off with Decal and Sile or Saleh, and so we swapped. We swapped into three tribes of five. We have the new Decal, the new Sile, and a third tribe, the Yara tribe. Let's um, we talked. We already talked a little bit about the Yara tribe because that's Boston Rob going home. But let's finish up a little bit with the Yara tribe. I wanted to talk about. Uh, Sarah and Sophie and about how they were it was the only tribe where Sile had a majority and normally when that happens you, you know when you're in the minority on a tribe it's not a good thing but it just so happens that you get this random assortment of Boston Rob, Ben and Adam three people who just backstab and lie to each other they don't trust each other, and so it actually turned out for Sophie and Sarah that they turned into a real good group because as soon as they hit the beach, boy, they Adam started talking to them, Ben started talking to them, Boston Rob was they were throwing each other throwing each other under the bus and was telling everybody everything that went down back at Seeley, and yeah, I was so shocked at how quick they were to kind of throw each other under the bus. For Sophie and Sarah, it really turned out to be a pretty good thing for them. Yeah, and again, like, just, just to go back to, they, both of them, Sarah and Sophie, seemed pretty open to being able to work with any of them, so I really... 
again, I really don't understand why Rob did not even make an attempt to try and do that. Like, I, I, it, it boggles my mind. Anyways, yeah, and even if they didn't, even if Ben, Adam, and Rob came in as a cohesive unit, Sarah had the Silla vote, so they were pretty much guaranteed to even out the numbers by the end of the episode if they really, really wanted to. Do you think that Sarah should have used it? I mean, obviously, you know, it worked out for her anyways, but if you were in that moment, do you think that you would have sit on that advantage or would you have used it just to be safe? No, or no, I would not have used it. Yes, I would have sat on it (laughs) because generally nobody likes to be bullied and likes to be talked down to. And Adam and Ben definitely come off as, you know, pretty prideful dudes, like fairly confident in themselves. And the fact that Rob was just talking down to them and it was pretty obvious that's what was happening. I would have trusted my gut 100% that, you know, when they said that they were, you know, just kind of on the slide whenever Boston Rob wasn't looking, that they were going to vote him out, 100% believe them. There's no reason for me to hesitate in in that, I don't think. I mean, I would have thought about it, sure. But at the end of the day, I think mm, it was pretty clear that they didn't want him there either. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they, I know that they were a little bit nervous at it because after the vote, they were like, whew, thank God, you know. But I feel like they pretty much knew that Ben and Adam were going to go on to their side. And otherwise, I think they would have played their advantage or an idol. Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, I think another reason why Boston Rob uh, felt like he couldn't work with Sophie and Sarah is because they came from a tribe where they voted out his wife first. And so they were like, oh, well, they're obviously out to get me and Amber. So uh, that was probably already a mark against them uh, for him right there. I mean, maybe, but I think you just kind of had to bite the bullet and hope because honestly i've it was pretty obvious to me i mean like i was wondering maybe because of how you know the sneak peeks of the this episode and stuff were with boston rob talking about how getting swapped to a different tribe has screwed him over before so i was like "Mm, maybe maybe you know maybe they're just trying to throw a curveball or something make us think one thing but like after the challenge, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is." I feel like this is pretty obvious. I thought maybe for a second maybe Ben, but you know, after seeing the the whole meeting at the well, I was like, Mm-mm, "No, he's definitely going home." Um, so I think I don't know. I think if you're Boston Rob, you have to, even if they've screwed up your wife, you have to be open to working with them no matter what, or trying to work with them at least. Yeah, well, one thing I wanted to talk about right when Jeff announces that they're going to swap tribes, and then they they swap into their groups, and Jeff is going around asking people questions, and he goes, he asks Sandra, he says, you know, Sandra, you've been through several swaps. What 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 is uh What is it like? This is what I want to ask you. What And Sarah goes, or Sandra, she says, well, you know, it's an opportunity for people who 
for tribes who have the majority is for them to get out certain targets and certain threats when you have the numbers and i felt like that was such a strange thing to say for like a question like that i feel like if jeff was going to ask you a question in front of everybody you wouldn't just blatantly say like oh if your tribe has the numbers then here's your chance to get rid of some big threats that are in the minority and i felt like i for for me it almost felt like she was kind of hinting at the the new sealy tribe like hey Now's your chance. If y'all lose, get rid of poverty. Get rid of Michelle. That's what I was kind of thinking. Or it was either a sign to say, hey, Kim, you're on our side. We have the numbers. We got to stick together so we can get rid of either Denise or Jeremy here. That's what. That's how I took that anyways. I didn't really think about it too much, to be honest. I think she just kind of said what was on her mind. I don't think she had any ulterior motive. I mean, maybe she did. Maybe I'm not giving Sandra enough credit. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to think into it that much. <laughs> um, I don't think there's much there to think about, uh, other than what she said is true. Like it's happened in the past, you know, that's, and that's kind of where I left it. I didn't pick it up and go any further with it. Yeah, I just felt like it was kind of like a bold statement or a weird statement to say right there in front of everybody. You know, I figured she would do something like what Sophie did when Jeff asked her a question. She was like, oh, yeah, uh, we're in the minority, but you know, I'm more worried about building the shelter and stuff. So she kind of just answered the question, but in a way where she didn't really answer the question. So she didn't really have to say where what she was actually thinking. And I felt like that's what Sandra uh, was gonna do but she she was just like well if you got the numbers vote out the the people in the minority and uh i thought just i just thought that was kind of weird i mean when you're the queen you can say whatever you want <laughs> i guess so i guess so <laughs> let's talk about this uh see the the soleil tribe or as i like to call it now it's the awkward tribe because Things are pretty awkward on the on the Soleil tribe, <laughs> for sure. Are you talking about Wendell and uh, Michelle? That's oh what yeah. We're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I don't know. Like I I felt really bad for Wendell. I don't know the details of the relationship. Michelle makes it seem like maybe Wendell was the jerk in the relationship, and he treated her badly. So I don't, I, mean, I don't want to sit here and, you know, say anything bad about Michelle without knowing the details, but like the way in which that she just kind of like stared at Wendell the whole time, like waiting for him to say something to her or forcing the conversation, it was just super annoying and I'm okay. It's, it's pretty you know obvious that he's trying to avoid having any kind of meaningful deep conversation with you aside from you know gameplay just just let it be just let it be and you know again if Wendell was the jerk in the relationship and he did something terrible to her then by all means definitely uh what am I trying to say I guess deserves the cold shoulder or whatever but I don't know she came off kind of passive aggressive and like she's still not over it kind of stuff and that's just awkward for everybody yeah, it was very, very weird because 
it, yeah, you could cut the awkwardness with a knife. It was thick in the air, and <laughs> even in Wendell's uh, confessional, he was over there stumbling. He was like, "Uh, you, you know, uh, this is a season with." You know, some people may have some relationships outside and, you know, some people may have more. And, uh, um, um, you know, uh, and, uh, for me and Michelle, you know, we were, uh, uh you know, we, it was, we were just kicking it. We were just kicking it, you know, we just kicked <laughs> it. It was just, it, you could tell like he was even awkward to even talk about it himself. It just seems like, I guess, Michelle, it, for me, anyway, it seems like Michelle was more like, oh, we're together, while Wendell's like, you know, we're just kind of, we're just friends or something, is what it kind of sounds like to me. But it's definitely a, a weird relationship there. And uh, I agree with your assessment. And again, don't know the details, but Wendell was just like, hey, going in and didn't make it clear that he was just wanting like maybe a friend. If that was made clear and Michelle took it to the next level without really consulting Wendell or, you know, really having that conversation with Wendell, then, then Michelle is probably the one that needs to kind of step back for a minute. Anyways, I'm, I don't want to talk about relationship advice anymore. <laughs> like, it's awkward for me. It is awkward for me. <laughs> but <laughs> The awkwardness continues. <laughs> Awkward conversation number three. I thought it was super weird when she called him babe. Like, if you're not even together, why are you calling him babe? Like, I thought that was so weird. I don't know. Maybe it was a pet name and she's still not over it. (laughs) She's definitely still not over it. Whatever is going on, she's not over it. And and then she was like, oh, Wendell's the type of guy who texts you, hey, you up? And then she was like, oh, new season. Who's this? Who this? (laughs) I just thought it was really funny. Let's let's talk about so Michelle and poverty. They're on the bottom. They're in the minority. You have Wendell, Nick, and Yule. They're super tight. They were already in an alliance. Like it couldn't have worked out any better for them. The swap because they got the majority. They're in this super tight alliance. So poverty and Michelle, they're on the outside looking in. And so poverty, as soon as she gets to the island, she's doing what she needs to. She was in there talking to people, trying to get information, trying to connect with them. She, you see her talking to Wendell. You see her talking to Yule and with Nick, who was that was really awkward <laughs> when he's telling her that he, you know, that she was his high school crush. Which, who can blame him really? But um, um, what do I even say? I think that like going forward, as as much as they are on the outside, I don't think that tribe has anything to worry about next week when there's going to be two tribal councils one for each of the losing tribes and the three or in the since there's only going to be one out and out winner in the challenge the immunity challenge uh i like i see i see sele winning sele whatever i see them winning probably going to stay winning as long as they're a tribe as much as it sucks that poverty isn't going to be out the game uh i think just by virtue of how strong their tribe is they don't really have anything to worry about right now yeah i don't think they have much to worry about either because they're a pretty strong group i mean they got yule wendell nick poverty and michelle they're all pretty strong people yeah now if they lose 
unless poverty is able to buy some advantage or Michelle finds something or finds immunity idol or is also able to maybe buy something. One of those two are definitely going home. Like they're they're not shaking that core group of Wendell, Nick, and Yule. I don't see that happening. Period. <laughs> but like I said, they don't have anything to worry about as long as they win. And I think they will win. I think they'll continue to win. I think that there's no way that they're going to split up the Nick, Wendell, and Yule alliance. And like you said, I don't think they're going to have to worry about it because I think they're going to win. But if they do, it's definitely going to be Poverty or Michelle going home. And I think out of those two, I think Michelle, just because she has some of that relationship with Wendell, I, I just feel like... And poverty's a bigger target, too. They're not going to let poverty go to the merge, because if she goes to the merge, she can go on some challenge wins here. And so I feel like out of those two, they're going to target poverty over Michelle for sure. Yeah, and what's what really sucks for poverty is that if she weren't married, um, I think that she could definitely pull Nick in and get him to turn on them but she's married so she's obviously going to be faithful or at least i hope is going to be faithful to her husband and not flirt with other dudes i don't know if you uh noticed this scene but it was when poverty and michelle were talking on the beach and um they were talking about how wendell was it was like scolding michelle or whatever and then michelle was just like let's go out and walk out in the ocean and let's give those guys something to, to drool about i was just like oh my god <laughs> that was so hilarious yeah that was something all right that was something all right <laughs> i was like stop it stop it stop it <laughs> what do you think about um wendell um talking about their shelter that little crappy shelter that boston rob and all of them built <laughs> i thought boston rob was a carpenter i know it was so funny because there was this meme on twitter of boston rob's mansion his beautiful palace on the islands of the idols and then it goes to oh season 40 crap shack of a shelter <laughs> yeah i don't get it like did he just not care was he like, eh, I'm I'm just going to not, I don't understand. I think a part of it is, is that you have to balance out the time that, because if you spend all your time building this shelter, you're not spending any time connecting with people and talking with people. And that's the core of this game. It's no, It does you no good to spend all your time building a shelter and then you've built this big shelter for people and then you haven't built connections with them and then they just vote you out. And then they're like, oh, thanks for building us this awesome shelter, but, but you never spent any time with us, so we got to send you home. So I feel like that's part of it. Maybe, but Wendell's still like beasted out a proper shelter for everybody. I mean, I'm sure he had help, but so I, was like, I don't know. Rob, what you doing, dog? You might need to hire hire Wendell as one of your uh, foremen or something. Uh, I think that does it for the Selay tribe. Let's move on here to the Decal tribe. Once again, we have three Decal members with two Selay tribes, but we have Kim and she's in the middle. And so Jeremy and Denise, they're trying to figure out 
they go straight into work. They're talking to people. They're trying to see where everybody's situation is. And so they really hone in onto Kim because they start to notice that, hey, Kim's not as tight with Sarah and or with Sandra and Tony. And so we may be able to pull her into our side and regain the numbers. Honestly, I think it it is better for Kim that um, she got swapped. I think she's going to be one of the people who benefit the most from this. Like now she can, you know, build new relationships and not get stuck at the bottom right from the get go because of perceived uh, relationships that she had with other players that obviously, I mean, maybe they would have bared themselves out later in the game if given the chance, but that early on did not. And I'm not mad about it in the slightest because Kim is one of my people I drafted. So I'm really hoping she can do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I honestly, I think she can probably build with Denise. Jeremy seems interested in staying partnered up with Denise right now, just because they come from the same tribe. I don't know. I feel like Tony would flip though. Like he's flipped on Sandra before he's voted Sandra out before, right? No, Sandra voted him out. Voted Tony out. Okay, okay. Well, I think if Tony's smart, he also flips. I mean, there's no reason that any of them should team up with Sandra at all. I think as soon as they're able to get to Tribal Council, and I think next week they will, Sandra is like the automatic vote. There's no reason. And again, like, it's... Same thing that I was talking about with Rob is kind of happening with Sandra for me. Like, I was like, okay, she's definitely human. She isn't this all-encompassing survivor player that controls every in and out of the game and all that. But, you know, she's really good. So I don't want to, like, like over, over, over talk her or anything like that. But she's definitely the biggest threat, I think, on that tribe right now. So, yeah, it definitely it should just be an easy Sandra vote. Like, period. Well, the thing with Sandra is that she still has that idol, and it was good for three tribal councils that she goes to. And so this next tribal council that she goes to, it expires anyways, so she's going to use it. There's no doubt in my mind she's going to use it because it's useless after that anyways. And also, her name's going to be thrown out there. She knows that. And I think it's so interesting on this tribe specifically how many advantages and idols there are. Uh, Jeremy has the safety without power. Kim has an idol now, which we've seen that we know, we now know that Sophie gave her back the other half. So she has it. Sandra has an idol. Kim has one. Um, Denise has an idol. The only person who doesn't have anything is Tony. And so I'm starting to fear that maybe we can, maybe we'll end up having another game changer situation where all these people become immune and the only person available to be voted out or to be eliminated or sent to edge is Tony. So that's my fear with that. That would suck. But that would also take them knowing that Sandra has an idol. And I don't think any of them know. So I don't think that scenario plays out. At the very least, I think Sandra plays her idol, right? And then her and Tony, who would they vote for? Jeremy, probably? No, not Jeremy. Probably Kim for turning on them would 
be my guess. I don't know. Like, I think that it's stupid that the the thing said it's good for three ca- tribal councils. I don't, like, it didn't specify at all that it had to be tribal councils that she attended. So, as far as I'm concerned, like, if I had a say in the matter, she shouldn't have an immunity idol. Uh, or at least, just by virtue of them not explaining it well enough, she shouldn't have an immunity idol, I don't think. But, I guess, if she does... And if it is the last one, then there's really no reason that she shouldn't play it. Just to be on the safest of safe sides. I don't know. That kind of kind of sucks. It kind of yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't know how how long how long do you think they'll stay through tribes? I think after the next two tribal councils, like after next episode, they'll be down to twelve people. And mm. then I think what's going to happen is that they're going to have the competition for whoever comes back, and then they're going to merge with 13 people. Hmm. That's what I think is going to happen. After next episode, two people go home. After that, they merge. Someone comes back from Edge of Extinction. There's 13 people, and then they vote out somebody there for 12 people. I really just want Sandra gone. Like It makes no sense that she's still in the game. <laughs> that's 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 why i'm so down hard you know disheartened right now downtrodden if you will that's so stupid you know like the queen stays queen you know and she was she didn't sit she didn't sit out this challenge either she literally should not still have an idol to be able to play that's (laughs) that's the thing i'm most angry about in this but i guess she does for whatever reason. All right, so I, I do have a question for you here. Are do you consider yourself a lion or a hyena? Um, <laughs> well, you know, lions are the king of the jungle, and my last name is King, so I'm gonna have to go with lion. All right, yeah, okay. So Tony he talks about how there's lions and there's hyenas, and he considers himself and Sandra to be the lions, and he, he doesn't want. Well, and also Kim to be a lion as well. And he's like, oh, the hyenas can get the lions to fight each other. And then the hyenas can come in and tear them apart. He's talking about how Jeremy and Denise could pull Kim over and be able to take out either him or Sandra. And yeah, I thought that was kind of funny how he was kind of comparing himself as lions and Denise and uh, Jeremy are the hyenas. Yeah, oh, there was something that happened, and I really hope that this doesn't continue through the rest of the season, but out of all three Hidden Immunity Idols found this season, so far, all of them have been that one where you have to give it to somebody else, and then hope they give it back to you. Do you think that's going to stay a thing, or what? I don't know. I don't know um, how that's going to work, to be honest. That, that's going to be interesting to see. So far, we hadn't really seen any drama with that yet. Maybe a little bit with the Sophie and Kim thing, but that even that didn't really pan out too much. So maybe they'll go back to just finding them and then they can keep them. But uh, that's, yeah, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. I really hope not. That is so dumb. Like, they're just trying to cause fake and unnecessary drama. <laughs> I get, like... You need to rely on other people in the game and stuff. But if you went out there and you did the hard work to find it, 
there's there's no reason that you should have to give half of it away and hope that somebody else gives it back to you. Yeah, that's the whole part of the deal about it not just being like a scavenger hunt, but also having, you know, the strategic mind to go out and find them and but also have a social game. So it's more you have to have a more well-rounded game instead of just being good at, you know, scavenger hunts or something. But what I was talking about was I found it so interesting that this whole I went this whole episode without even realizing that we haven't even visited Edge of Extinction. It was only until like 30 minutes afterwards I got to thinking. I was like, you know what? We didn't even go to Edge of Extinction. Yep. You didn't notice. I didn't notice. You know what? That's that's fine with me because we needed that extra time to be able to get to know these new swapped up tribes. And it was the same way at the on Islands of the Idols when we didn't go to Islands of the Idols when there was a swap there. So I think that that was a very good move on like the producers' parts of saying, hey, let's skip the edge of extinction. Let's time. We need to focus more on getting to know these new tribe new tribe dynamics and i mean you say that but did we really need the part where they were talking about oreos <laughs> well that was a part of the whole boston rob's buddy strategy so yeah but you know you could have shown maybe like two minutes and people would have got the gist then we could have went to the edge of extinction i could suck got to see my boy ethan and my boy tyson you know, just chilling and being bros and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Th- I just don't think we needed to have Edge of Extinction here. I think we were fine without it. I didn't even realize it wasn't even there. So let's uh, let's talk. We have to talk about this. This it was at very early on in the episode with Yule, and he talks about why he was why he came out here. He's not only playing for himself. He's playing for one of his good friends, Jonathan Penner, and his wife, who, uh, Jonathan Penner's wife, Stacy Title, who has uh, ALS, and how it's just a really deteriorating disease, and she's not really capable of even really doing any basic necessary things for herself, and she's basically just, she really can't do anything, and Jonathan's there having to do pretty much everything for her and it's just such a debilitating disease uh he's out here fighting for her and fighting for her and for him and really playing the game and he even mentioned that he was willing to get his winnings from this season and donate them to ALS research and and he was hoping to get CBS to match whatever he can donate and so i think that i was you know if you didn't really like yule before as if we didn't have enough reasons to like yule already it's just one more thing to like yule and i love the guy he's i think it's awesome that he's doing this and i think it's good that cbs was able to kind of raise awareness for that we even got to see like a little commercial with jonathan penner and stacy there and they got to talk about you know their struggle and that and really trying to encourage people to help donate for als research and stuff and i think it was just a a very good cause it is super sad to i can't even imagine to begin you know going through something like that 
uh, one of like, it's a fiction book, but I feel like it captures the um, the struggle of somebody going through ALS and what it means to kind of uh, be there with somebody who's going through that. Uh, it's a book called Tuesdays with Maury. So I mean, along with other stuff, and it kind of dives into you know what that what that life is kind of like. Um, so if anybody listening is interested in you know, maybe, you know, grasping at and understanding a little bit better what ALS is or uh, maybe more commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, I would recommend that book. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, Jonathan Penner is just such a, he's such a survivor character. I really love Jonathan. I, it was always funny when him and Jeff would get into it at some of these challenges. <laughs> and he's always like, yeah. He's he's got a very distinctive voice. He's like, you know what? I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. And uh, he goes, <laughs> there was one challenge in Fans versus Favorites where he was like, I mean my ass. <laughs> Your so, what? That's complete bullocks. I love Jonathan Penner. Yeah. Yeah, it was like just in the middle of a challenge. I want to think they were throwing coconuts in, a, in something. They were trying to hit something anyways. And then he was like... And he couldn't do it. He was really struggling. He was like, I mean my ass. Just <laughs> randomly what? said it. It was Okay. He sounds like a fun dude. Yeah, he's a very interesting person. Uh he, he's played three times. He played he played with Yule in on Cook Islands and then he played uh in Fans vs. Favorites, but he got Medivact there and then he played in the last time in Survivor Philippines and so He's always been a good character, and he's always been somebody in the Survivor community that survivors, they go to, and he's always welcomed the people, and so I'm glad that they're really drawing awareness to him and really trying to give him support and help him out, and so I hope that, you know, only good things can come out of this, and I hope maybe they can, you know, help raise a lot of support and awareness for ALS. Yeah. Yeah, my my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to him and his wife. Okay, so is is there anything else that we need to break down in this episode? I think we covered everything as far as the show goes. There was something that you asked me to remind you to mention, and I don't want to be the one to say it. So hopefully that was enough for you to remember. We were fortunate enough to talk with our local newspaper the blackshire times we got to talk with one of their reporters we got to talk to them about the podcast and about what we do and what we talk about on the podcast and so they put in a whole article for us they even took our picture with survivor buff sign so it was a lot of fun you can actually see that i'll try to post uh, post something on twitter about it on our um go follow at analyst podcast on twitter for for that and for draft pictures and episode droppings and all that. Um, I'll try to put that on there. And so that was pretty awesome that we got a whole article in the newspaper about us. And hopefully we can get more people to listen in and get some more uh, community members here with us. You shout out to them. Uh, also, 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 we did not forget, or I guess Josh did, but I did not forget to bring this up again uh we have decided on what the loser of the bet uh what they would have to do 
So if you want to go ahead and explain that, I'll let you do it. <laughs> okay, so we were thinking about what kind of punishments can we do about for the loser of the bet. And if for people who do not remember what this bet is, Dustin said, you know, he thought that after the first challenge for the people on the edge of extinction to re-enter the game, he thought that Danny would quit the edge would leave the edge of extinction right after that challenge if she didn't get back into the game. And I thought, no, I don't think anybody would quit the edge. And so that was the kind of our bet going on here. He bets that Danny's probably going to quit after the edge if she doesn't get in. And I thought there's no way anybody's going to quit. Nobody's going to leave the edge of extinction. And so for the loser of this bet, we decided that we're going to put together a video of the loser has to crown the other one, the survivor analyst king. So they have to go through all this video and themselves crowning the other one as the king of the survivor analyst podcast. As has already been made clear, my last name is already king. So it's just a <laughs> foregone conclusion that I will be King Dustin King. <laughs> yeah you know i don't think we gotta worry about that <laughs> oh it's gonna be great it's gonna be great getting my crown i'm just saying <laughs> all right so let's uh let's do some draft updates real quick so boston rob is out which means chelsea she finally loses her first person she's down to four people now and um, so now everybody has lost somebody that was a part of their team. And um, as far as the as far as the points system go, I think um, was it you or Nick who had Dustin or had uh, Boston Rob as their number one? Twas I. So yeah, so it's me. So me and Dustin picked Boston Rob as our number one. So we get three points added to our points, and. Chelsea, she didn't have Boston Rob at all, so she gets zero points. And Nicholas, he had Boston Rob as two, so he got two points. So as far as the total points standing right now, and this remember this is a winner take all draft, so the point systems is just for third, for second, third, and fourth place. But um, so far, as far as the total point systems go. I'm in the lead right now with six points because I had Tyson and Boston Rob as my number one in back-to-back weeks. Then Chelsea's in second place with four points. Dustin's in third place with three points. And Nicholas is trailing with two points. So that's that's how our point systems are at at this time and how the draft is going. So how are you feeling about your, your draft situation right now? I'm starting to worry that I may not win. Like the out and out first place. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. But, you know, hopefully Tyson or Ethan can make it back in. I really, I'm not too confident right now in the game that Adam is playing. I still got Wendell, but I feel like he's playing second fiddle to Yule right now. And maybe, maybe that's good for Wendell, you know, to be playing that and have Yule be the bigger threat, you know, perceived threat. Um, so maybe maybe that'll end up working out better for me. And Kim, as much as I want to hope, I again I just don't. I think she'll make it a little farther in the game. 
Well, I say that. I mean, depending on how things shake up with Sandra playing her idol and stuff, and her and Tony deciding to vote her out because she turned on them, you know, if that happens, then Kim's gone. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm i a little iffy right now. Um, but with that said, I do feel like things are finally starting to pan out a little bit like the votes that are happening right now the people getting voted off or the way that things are panning out finally seems to be making sense um so i feel like i'm going to have a really good shot at at least getting second place with the points Okay, I, th- I think you're doing a little bit better with your draft and what you're really, what what you're thinking that you're doing. I think, Kim, you shouldn't sleep on your team there, especially with Wendell and with Kim. I think that they could, they could surprise you and go a lot further than you think. I don't know, like, Wendell is the one that I think right now has the best shot at winning. I mean, stuff could happen with Kim. I'm not against it. And so I won't be mad at it at all like please prove me wrong and then like i said i adam i don't know (laughs) Uh, he just can't seem to win for losing right now i am worried about poverty because if she about poverty because if if her tribe loses i don't think this the new sealay tribe is going to lose but if she if they do lose i think that she's going to be going home uh jeremy i think jeremy's good i don't think i have to worry about him going anywhere i gotta remember who else do i have ben yeah and i think ben's doing pretty good too i don't think ben's got much to worry about so yeah i think i'm okay i'm not so you don't think that that sarah and sophie team up with adam over ben for some reason i think my gut tells me that ben is gonna i think they're gonna want to side with ben over adam because I think in the merge, I think Ben would be a bigger threat than what Adam is. And so that, oh, we can take Ben with us. And if anything, Ben's going to be a bigger threat and people are going to want to get rid of him over us. So they're going to use him kind of like a shield. No, I think Sarah is definitely a much larger, larger perceived threat. I mean, going back to you know the thing that you were talking about at the beginning of the season, everybody pretty much wrote down Sarah, Sarah's name. So I don't know. I don't know that I think that's a good reason to keep Ben, especially considering how he won his season. Like, do you really want that man to get out there and then at merge become a idol hunting master again and, and not have to worry about getting voted out period. And then the dude's also freaking looks like a beast he seems like a beast and i think whenever he gets into the individual challenges he's going to be a monster at it (laughs) i don't know i don't i don't know man i don't know i think people dislike adam enough that you bring him and just for annoyance factor alone uh they would vote him out before they would vote ben out i think and maybe even Adam over Sarah, depending on the circumstances. Yeah, I could kind of see them taking Adam 
just because they're like, okay, he's already burned so many bridges with people. I don't think anybody's gonna, he's gonna not gonna, he's not gonna have that many people to work with. And so we'll drag him along. Maybe he'll want to work with us because he doesn't have anybody else. And then, then maybe he can become a target or he could be somebody that they take to the end. And that because he burned so many bridges that people are not going to vote for him or something. Exactly. Which doesn't bode well for me because I drafted him. Uh, who knows? We'll see. I mean, he could turn it around and re, you know, rejuvenate his game or something. Like I said, I don't have hardly any confidence that that's what's going to happen. But hey, if I'm wrong, I will be happy about it. All right. So I guess that's pretty much it. Don't forget to send in your questions at analyst podcast on twitter send in your questions right after each episode you can send in your voice messages through anchor just click the link in the episode description and that'll bring up a pop-up record your message send us to us and we'll play it on the podcast i would love to start getting some messages from you guys that we can play and answer i feel like that'd be a lot of fun and um other than that i guess that's pretty much it i look forward to being crowned the king of survivor analysts but um other than that i don't <laughs> awkward conversation number four josh <laughs> assuming that he's going to beat me and having confidence about it i don't understand all right so i guess that it wouldn't be we, we began awkwardly and we're going to end awkwardly so i guess that'll do it for us here the next time you hear us it'll be after the next episode of episode six of survivor winners at war and we'll see you then later peace out